Hello and welcome to the Positive Performance Podcast, The Inner Game. This is your host, Lindsay Wilson, and I am so excited about the podcast we have for you today. We sat down with Courtney Thompson, USA Volleyball Setter, and we talked to her about team culture, and we really got into it, and we talked about the five principles that she believes in and she's seen work not only with her team on the USA volleyball team, but on all the great teams that she's been on and all the championships that she's won. So I'm really excited to share this. Who this podcast is for is, is anyone that's interested in, well, the inner game. That's what we're talking about. The game within the game. What's going on in athletes' minds? What's going on in team dynamics? You know, all the things that you might not be able to see when you're watching sports, but that really play into really who wins and who loses. So Keep out on the lookout for subsequent podcasts on the inner game. All right, so before I get into the podcast, I will remind you this at the end, but we are giving away a free download based on the five principles we're going to be talking about today. So if you go to www.positiveperformancetraining.com forward slash team culture, www.positiveperformancetraining.com forward slash team culture. And you can get that free PDF talking about the five principles we're going to go over today. So be sure to get your hands on that. Okay. So Courtney Thompson, USA volleyball player, you know, even if you're not a volleyball coach or a volleyball athlete, or really even any interest in volleyball, Courtney is an amazing athlete to emulate and learn from. She is a national champion at uh, University of Washington. That's where she played in college. She's currently a setter on the U.S. national team and actually playing in Brazil, where she's calling in from. And on that USA team, she won a world championship for the first time in history, USA won, and a silver medal in the London Olympics. So she has an impressive resume. But more than that, she's achieved so much Despite being only 5'9", which she will say is very short herself, she will say herself that that's very short for an elite volleyball player, and she is well known for her tenacity, her hard work, her leadership, and I can say for sure her willingness to share her lessons and teach younger athletes about her journey to being a world-class athlete, so we are very lucky to have her um, be here with us today and share the things that she's seen being at this really, really high level, really the best in the world. Um, She's also the co-founder of the Give It Back Foundation. You can go check out more about their um, camps and clinics and things that they do to give back at giveitback.org. She's also been featured in the documentary Court and Spark, and I definitely recommend you watching that documentary, and you will get a close view of her hard work and her tenacity in, in that. And, and also her kindness, you know, she, she is very much about paying it forward. And luckily she is, because that means we get to sit down with her and talk about things like team culture. So uh, really excited before we get into that. I want to tell you that we are sponsored today by the American volleyball coaches association. And they want to remind you that if you are a volleyball coach to register today for the AVCA convention in Omaha, Nebraska on December 16th through 20th, It's the best place to learn the latest in volleyball coaching education, techniques, and tactics while catching up with volleyball friends. Visit avcaconvention.org to lock in your spot for the largest gathering of volleyball coaches in the country. And I can say that Positive Performance is going to be at that. So if you are a volleyball coach, come check us out. We got some really 
cool packages and some things we're doing with Courtney this spring that you'll want to find out about as well. So with that, let's get into it. All right, here we go. Courtney Thompson calling in from Brazil. How are you? I'm doing well. Glad to be here. Thanks. How about yourself? I'm doing well. Yeah, I know um, you are probably sweating and we are freezing here in Seattle. So here you go. Yeah, it, it is very hot down here. That is for sure. <laughs> um, and we're going to get right into it because I just I'm so excited to hear your thoughts. I know you've been a part of a lot of really great teams and really diving in and talking about team culture is something that um, I'm just really interested in hearing your thoughts. And I know we did a little bit of prep, um, that, but we haven't gone into a lot of these topics. So I'm just as curious as listeners to hear your thoughts on all these things. Right, right. Yeah, this is a, a big topic, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So as you know, before we get going, I would like to do our little gratitude pause, something that I know you're a big believer in, and I like to add into all of our trainings. And the gratitude pause, and for those of you that are listening, is just our way of getting in gratitude um, in, in a way that's you know, going to happen throughout our, our day. So if, whether you're doing it before practice or before a meal, we do it before our trainings <laughs> um, and getting in a gratitude pause. So I'd like for you guys to join us if, if that feels appropriate for you. So Courtney, would you like to go first or do you want me to go? Yeah, I um, am first of all thankful for my family. Today is Veterans Day. I come from a military family. So the first thing that popped up was uh, just all that they've sacrificed and how thankful I am to, to get to represent the country that they fight for and defend and uh, that is just so humbling and so awesome. I'm very thankful for them. Yeah, nice. I actually knew that, I, I already knew that was going to be your, your gratitude. Ah, yeah. I, I really yeah. was like sitting down, getting my microphone all set up and I was like, okay, gratitude pause. What am I going to say? Oh, I already know what Courtney's going to say. And actually <laughs> I'm going to steal it because I thought of it too, but um, we have some veterans actually in the office. Martin's a veteran. Um, and also in our family and obviously any veteran, um, you know, it's something that I think is thrown around a lot, the gratitude for our freedoms, but truly, especially as a woman, I and mean, there's a lot of places in the world, you and I could not be doing this. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know, and we can basically say whatever we want in this podcast. <laughs> we can offend That's anyone. True. <laughs> and that freedom is pretty awesome. And, you know, we were, we were born with that, but I know you and I being around, you know, traveling around the world, you definitely see that mentality yeah. of not having grown up with that. And so that's something that I'm definitely grateful for. That and a million other things Absolutely. that we have a lot to be thankful for to live in our country. For yeah, sure. we just take for granted all the time. So yeah. Anyway, for those of you listening, um, feel free to give yourself a little gratitude pause as we're getting into the rest of this podcast. So thanks Court for joining me with that. Okay, so team culture, like you said, it, it, this is a really, really big topic, um, but I'm just going to go through the five things that you and I talked about as far as the, I guess you could say the pillars of what good team culture is, and, and after that, then I want to talk about what team culture isn't, <laughs> what good team culture isn't. Okay, so, and we'll have this um, in an article um, that people can go to. And, and so if you're taking notes, feel free, but we'll also, we'll also have this other places. Okay. Number one, honesty, respect, 
and admiration. Number two, having healthy conflict. Number three, communication. Number four, accountability. And number five, defining, defining your values. All right. So, Courtney, before we get into those, I think that really encompasses a lot of different things. So I'm really interested in to dive into each one a little bit more. But let's talk about what good culture or rather what it looks like when there isn't good team culture. Can you dive into that a little bit? Because I'm sure you've had right. been on teams like that. Yeah, uh, a few, and I've been really fortunate to have played in a lot of teams in different sports my whole life, but um, there's a few that come to mind that, in my opinion, were not good. I suppose we travel and we play in different countries, so we get to experience a lot of different types of culture, but um, the first thought that came to mind was a team that there isn't any vision, there isn't one common goal. Mm -hmm. I think people want to be you know, they want to work together. I think it's human nature to collaborate towards something bigger than us. And when a, a group is functioning well, it, the vision is clear and everyone, you know, knows what they need to do. And, and then you get to be free in that and kind of express yourself and be creative. And that's where all the fun stuff comes from. So um, that would be the first thing, a lack of vision and a lack of cohesiveness towards that vision. Um, the other one would be uh, lack of respect between each other or uh, just kind of a, an uneasiness, a, a negative energy around working together and that goes into not being able to communicate well, not being able to deal with conflict. There's a lot of talking behind each other's backs, a lot of eye rolling, yeah. um, a lot of me first mentality instead of putting the team ahead of you. A lot of questioning without asking. <laughs> yeah. You know, a lot of assumptions, like all those kind of negative things come to mind. Right. Yeah. No, you know, and I was I was kind of brainstorming too. And I think I've been pretty lucky as well um, to be on some good teams. But there's definitely a couple that, you know, you and I have played sports for a long time. There's definitely a couple I look back and either it wasn't good or it just, it we never accomplished what we could have. Right. Which I think right. is probably more common than than either great team culture or totally terrible team culture. Sort of that like in the middle where it's like, you know, from the outside, it probably just looks like a regular team. But I think there's some really insidious things that happen. And you touched on a few of them that I think happen a lot in um, in teams where, you know, I think a lot of it stems from maybe a lack of confidence uh, in, mm -hmm. in yourself as a person, as an athlete. And then maybe in, like you said, in the vision of the team, but you mentioned a couple of them. I, I noticed for myself, um, especially in high school, there was a little bit of that mean girl type behavior. Like you said, like talking right. behind people's backs and, and basically just not wanting, feeling like people don't want you to be successful. Um, oh, yes. yeah. Right. And, and I think, a lot of that comes out in in ways that are, in my opinion, a little manipulative. Manipulative, like it's not necessarily like people getting in flat out fights in the locker room. It almost would be better if that were the case. I agree. <laughs> it's more I like, totally agree. Right? Like it's more like inside jokes, saying nicknames that are demeaning. Um, you know, just that that kind of finger pointing or yeah, the finger like, pointing. I, that's what I kept thinking. I was like, oh, I missed that one. If 
if the team loses, it's, uh, oh, she didn't play well, talking to another teammate to kind of make sure they think you played well, or I did my part right, but she was bad, so right. that's why we lost. Or, um, yes, that is not a fun, fun culture to be in. And I also think that it's a lot of, like I said, it's, it's in my experience at least, and I don't know if this is just in female sports. I, I kind of think that it's a little bit more on the female side than it is the males, but I could be wrong. Uh, in my experience, that's what it was. It's like the little tiny comments, like if someone is first in a conditioning drill or someone is doing extra reps after practice or someone is basically trying to be their best. And other people are like saying little things or doing little things to try to pull them back. Have you experienced that? Oh gosh, it makes my skin crawl. Isn't it the worst? You say that. Yes, it's to, it's um, and it comes down to exactly what you said. It's uh, I think it stems from an insecurity, but yeah, it's instead of celebrating and seeing kind of the the good side of what the person's doing, you're automatically going to the negative, which is a tough place to to live in. And I think sometimes coaches aren't necessarily aware of it because they're the ones telling you to get on the line and run, you know, and it, they're not in the locker room when someone says something. Again, it's not overt. So it's not like you can just tell someone to shut the hell up. It's like these little tiny jabs, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like death by a million paper cuts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, I've experienced that much more than like the everybody's just fighting and hates each other. I don't know if you've yes. had the same experience. I would completely agree. It's yeah. never Yeah, and if it's that negative, I agree it would be better to just hash it out or um and maybe that's what you meant by men's teams. It's it generally they'll they might have a fist fight or something where with girls that doesn't happen so much. So Yeah. Um no. But I mean I think like the I'm interested in your thoughts on like how that, so like, okay, so what, you're not all best friends and you have some like mean girls on the team or you have some guys fighting in the locker room, but like, how does that actually affect the team culture? Right. Because there's always going to, like you said, there's always gonna be conflict and and that kind of thing. But like, how does that actually manifest itself in holding back the team in your experience? Well, it's everything. I mean, that is the culture that is exact. It's, um, you know, what you said about my goal for every team I'm on and for myself is to reach our maximum potential. That's it. And hopefully we're having fun when we do that. And hopefully we beat everybody else, right? But who knows? That's out of our control. Um, and when you're you're making those comments and you're negative and you're just kind of marinating in that uh, negative space um, – and you're not uplifting those around you, like you're you're not going to reach your full potential. And so that's, to me, that's losing. Right. So I think it's everything. And um, your experience comes down to what it's like every day to live. You know, like the big moments or quote unquote big moments. Right. Um, they don't last, whether they're good or bad. Kind of what you're left with is that like day to day, like how was it? How was it working there? How was it living with that group and working every day with that group and uh, playing under those coaches, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's everything. Yeah. I just, I just know, I, I think, and like you're saying, like holding, holding back people's true potential. Cause I think, I guess what I'm saying with a lot of this is I feel like these, this team culture stuff, it's generally not the extremes that are the, the, the problem because if, if people all hate each other, like 
either there's nothing you can do, <laughs> like it's a lost <laughs> cause, or at least things are out in the open and there's you can only go up. Or if things are great, then it's like, they're great. And you have to keep those things going. But like, there's already some good things. It's all those people in the middle where it's like one comment here or one bad game here starts the finger pointing. And like, uh, you know, one athlete is kind of holding themselves back because of these other things. And like, really, it comes down to people not, like you said, having that freedom and that trust to really push themselves. Like, I feel like if the culture is bad, like practices cannot be good. Like if aggressiveness and like trying to kill each other in practice isn't like, you know, you're talking about core values later. Like if that's not your core values as a team, if you don't value that, like how good are you going to be in games? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, It seems like it just puts a, a, a ceiling on your potential for sure. Yeah. I, I just, I think, and I think we probably have a lot of coaches listening. And I wonder in your experience, how often did you have either coaches like intervene and and try to help a situation or how often they were sort of like oblivious or or I guess what can a coach do? I guess is a better question. Um, Whether things are going right or not. Yeah, I think uh, the most important thing, and I've been fortunate to have a lot of coaches that have done this is is that a lot of this work, I think, has to be done before you get in those situations, at least the groundwork right. um, of uh, what do you stand for, what do we value in this program, what are we all about. And, and when you can define that, uh, then you can look at, okay, what does that look like every day? What does that look like when we have conflict? What does that look like when you don't do something that I asked you to do? Or um, how do we celebrate each other? And what does that look like on a day-to-day basis? So then there's some, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Something to go back to, a standard kind mm-hmm. of. And so when then when our behavior gets off or we're not treating each other in the way that we want to and we're not acting in line with our values, then there's some, you know, you can hold people accountable. Like, hey, if we're about communicating and being honest, like why are we talking behind each other's back? And it gives you kind of a, a way to do that. So for me, I think it's defining those values and then every day giving the team that vision. So mm-hmm. not so much of a don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, but we're aspiring to be this and this is the behavior we need. So let's let's rock this today. Let's have fun moving there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you do that with how you – the language, uh, your behavior, the way you set up practice, the things that you point out and celebrate, uh, those are all things that – I've experienced coaches do well when the culture is kind of rolling. Right. Cause I mean, it's so easy, right. To like throw around team culture and put up a motivational poster in the locker room and have team meetings that, you know, don't have a lot of like actionable items around them. And I feel like what you're saying is defining them and then measuring them to some degree. Right. Yeah, for sure. I, well, yeah, I'm not sure how exactly you mean measure, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Or what do you mean measure? Well, like, for example, in um, one of our in our, coach, our um, coach's guide to achieving great practices, we talk about, like, so say, let's say, um, like, one of your core values for practice is to be a team that, like, like, hard, like, we just work hard. We just 
are always hard workers. And so that's one of our values as a team. And so at the end of practice, first of all, we define what that looks like, like for, for a basketball team, that might be like chasing rebounds, you know, into the stands, or it might be taking offensive charges. I'm just using examples because basketball is so easy for me to think of. (laughs) Or whatever, right? And every every sport has their own. Um, And then at the end of practice, actually scoring and saying, we, yes, I saw this today or I didn't. Um, And we have a scale that we teach, but that's not really important. What I mean though is like, actually, like you're saying, defining what the value is, what does that actually look like? Because a lot of people, I think, talk about like, oh, yeah, we um, we want to be a team that communicates. OK, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What, is, what a communication. What does that look like? Does that mean you guys right. like high five a lot or like you yell a lot during the game? Like what what does that mean? And then actually measuring it. So I, I was just throwing that out because I think I see what, I see what you mean now. Um, and, and yes, I agree to. And the first thing I thought of when you said when you were explaining measure was you're helping the team be aware of what they're doing. Absolutely. So it's really, I mean, if you're trying to change behavior, I think being aware of it for the, for the actual athlete is like the first thing, right? Mm-hmm. You know better than me, but uh, to say that you want to work hard and, you know, what does that look like? Um, and then asking them, you know, what did you feel today? And this is what I saw. And is there a gap or is this, you know, is this what you want to be? And and helping them realize that it's in their control. And all of these things are 100% in your control. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's so important. Uh, so, yes, absolutely defining them and then measuring them and then helping them, um, you know, reduce that gap of this is who I want to be, this is what I did today. Mm-hmm. And how do we how do we kind of keep moving towards that? So that's a good, that's a really good takeaway because I think coaches really, I mean, there's going to be athletes listening to this and parents and and people probably not even in sports, but certainly for coaches that are the leaders in this or captains, I guess too. But, um, I think you're absolutely right that, that, you know, it's, it's, there, there can be so much fluff around this stuff and I think it's all well intended, but I think zeroing in and really checking in and having that awareness is so key to this, to actually making the changes that you're talking about. Absolutely. I could not agree more. Yeah. All right. So let's go, let's go a little bit deeper into each one of these, um, pillars. Okay. So we have honesty, respect, and admiration. Tell me what that means. And I'm really interested in how with, with all of these pillars, like where have you seen that, whether that's with the national team now or, you know, University of Washington, you guys were very successful. Like, give me a, give me some examples, if you don't mind. Uh, the, fr- the first thing I think of um, when I said honesty and respect was um, being a truth teller with good intention. Okay. So I think there's a, I think in a, in a group setting, it's so valuable to, to just you know, have space to be honest. And it's, even if it's not what somebody wants to hear or it's not easy to hear, um, I think if you're doing it for the right reasons and doing it with compassion and, uh, you know, attempting to have understanding, like, you have to, it's, you have to be able to speak the truth. Like, this is what's happening. This is how she's feeling. This is the situation, whatever. Um, and, And to be honest. And so, I guess I don't, that goes into communication and in conflict and all that stuff. But um, for for the coach or for 
the leadership to celebrate kind of being a truth teller mm-hmm. in, a, in, a, in a positive way, in a caring way, I think is so important. And the best teams that I've been on are able to communicate honestly. If there's, you know, we can spend so much time worried about how she's going to respond or what she's going to think and blah, blah, blah. And, and a lot of that comes from, I know it's, it's, it's a lot easier to operate under the assumption of good intent. Mm-hmm. You know, and when you can kind of work towards that as a team, it's really effective. I mean, don't you feel like it It really has to come from the top? Because this is so hard. Like, nobody really wants to sit someone else down and tell them how they're disappointed in them. Like, that's just not a fun conversation to have. And right. I feel like that's just, I mean, exactly what you're saying. Like, it has to be something that, you, that you've as a group really value because it's so hard to actually do. <laughs> it's really hard to do. And, um, I agree. It's, it's very helpful to come from the top or, you know, just a really courageous leader on the team. And I, you asked before, but even in high school, um, I think was the first time I noticed I was really fortunate. We had a um, a very great group of girls in the high school and we won three state championships and I think like seven of us played division one volleyball and a, a great coaching staff um, but it's always messy like if you're good if you're trying to be if you're trying to reach your full potential it's always messy and at times it's ugly and uncomfortable and like it's not this beautiful happy thing all the time right and a lot of that uh, uncomfortable uncomfortable part I, I think comes from being able to have open and honest conversations and one example would be if a teammate is acting out let's say your outside hitter is the best hitter but she's very dramatic if she messes up or blames people or is getting you know inappropriate yelling at the coach or something as a team as a teammate to be able to take an easy route of, oh, she's such a brat and she does this all the time and she thinks she's better than us, right? So that's probably the easier way to do it and not helping anything. To be able to sit down with her and try to see it from her perspective or say, hey, um, I love playing with you. Uh, you're obviously a great player. I love the way, you know, when I set you and this happens, like it's such a good feeling for me. I'm curious, like how is your experience right now or what are you feeling when this happens? And how can I help you in that situation? Because it seems to me there's something going on. And she very well may, like, react negatively to that, right? Like, it's uncomfortable, I'm sure. And that's happened to me a bunch of times, too. Um, but I think if, if you care enough, uh, you have those conversations. And even if it doesn't go well at first, like, you keep going at it. You keep going at it. Um, and if you can... I don't know what you think, Linz, about coming at, kind of coming at it from that angle rather than attacking, like sitting down, like you're doing this, you're messing up the team. More of like, how can I help you more? Uh, well, in my experience, works better. Yeah, I mean, I think it's always. I mean, you know, there's like the typical um, communication style stuff of like, I feel this way, and mm-hmm. using kind of the I statements versus the you statements. Mm-hmm. I think that's all like, I think that's all helpful ways to look at it. But I do think what your intention is even taking it a little bit further of like almost like exploring what's happening, you know, like to understand them essentially. Right. Yeah. I think that's a really um, good way of going about it. So, uh, cause it can, I mean, automatically when someone sits you down, you almost always have your, 
defenses up regardless. You know, it's just like, and guilty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And as a person bringing it up, like you're like, no one does that super smoothly. Like just yeah, yeah. not no. a thing. But, you know, one of the things that I tell athletes when I'm working with them on things like this um, with teams is I say, because I think a lot of times, like I said earlier, like what happens a lot is we just avoid this stuff. Right. And this, of course, happens in uh, in non-sports related relationships as well. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think what we what we think we are we think we're letting it go and we don't. So like an example would be, I use this a lot with teams. I say, okay, so let's say Courtney, you and I got into it in practice and it was just like a little aggressive and like, we both kind of got pissed off and then like we went our separate ways and whatever. And, and I'm thinking, well, we don't need to talk about it because it's like, it's sports. It's like, whatever. But then I go and talk about it with my boyfriend and I go talk about it with my mom and then (laughs) I talk about it with my teammates, you know, not you, someone else. And so I always kind of like give this to athletes and I go, okay, this is your sort of litmus test. Like if it's important enough for you to talk about it with someone else, it's important enough for you to talk about it with your teammate because I I don't think that everything needs to be hashed out either. You know, like sometimes it really is just leave it on the court or playing field and like walk away. Like it's not everything needs to be like examined. Right, right. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Glad you said that. You know, I, I don't think we need to like have kumbaya moments every single day at practice, but a lot of times I think we think we can let go of things and like, Oh, I'm not going to talk to her about it. Cause I don't really care that much. It's fine, but it's not fine because you're talking to everybody else about it. Absolutely. That's kind of my thing. That's yeah. That is so detrimental too. When you start talking behind, you know, people's back about, Oh, did you see her practice today? She did this. And yeah. In those situations, in my opinion, they're so easily diffused with like one joke mm-hmm. or one, you know, like one little comment after practice, like, dude, I wanted to kill you today or whatever. <laughs> like, you know, and then, I mean, it has to be your personality or whatever, but right. uh, just something to kind of take the edge off. And then it's like, yeah, man, we're competing. We're making each other better. Like I wanted to punch you in the face, but now it's funny. I mean, that's kind of how like siblings are, right? I mean, that's what a good team yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, and the best teams I've been on, I've I've left practice like super pissed more often than well not more <laughs> often than not, but yeah, I would say a lot of the time. Like That's awesome. I think of my high school team, I think of the 2005 team at Washington, and we would go at it all the time. Yeah. And argue calls and um yeah, I think on the USA team, you know, getting into it with the setter on the other side that I'm competing for a job with. Right. <laughs> but it's uh it's it's fun. It's passionate. It, you look at any successful sports team, like there's got to be a little edge. If you don't have the edge, that's also something to worry about. I think. I think so too. Some of my when, just as soon as you said that, I remember like some of my best memories of like having open gyms or practices where we we're scrimmaging and we're all yelling at each other and yeah, yelling the calls and telling them they're cheating and you know <laughs> like just. And it's fun. And it's like, when that is the culture and that's okay and that's celebrated and that's like, you know what, we're competing today. We're competing against each other because we have to push each other to get better. And then tomorrow we're competing together against someone else. Absolutely. I really like that. Okay. Healthy conflict. Have you, have you had an experience? I know you've had an experience. Give me an example of an experience where 
you didn't have this healthy conflict on the team? Oh, uh, yeah, I think my experience would be, so I'm a setter. It's easy to relate to this, I think. Um, you know, having one hitter that's difficult to play with who is perceived to be better than you, kind of the center of the team. And this happens a lot overseas. Um, and it's just kind of an awkward situation that you're trying to be better for them. You're trying to set them better, let's say, and you're not doing it. And then you try harder and it gets worse. And then there's eye rolling and there's pouty. And so this is a very small example. But a healthy way to deal with that is to talk to that player and to hash it out and to figure it out and get past that distraction. Um, an unhealthy way is to just avoid it and make it uncomfortable and it grows and it grows and it grows and it becomes this like gigantic thing. And it can be between any teammates, a libero and a setter or two outside hitters that don't like each other because they're both competing to be the best player. Um, and any time it's not talked about and it's not diffused, the, in my experience, it just builds this emotion that's that has like kind of no direction. It just becomes like all-encompassing. And it's not only for that player, but, you know, the whole team feels that. And I've been involved in that. I've also been on a team where I, I'm seeing that. And it's just such a cloud over the team. And like you said, really hinders uh, – the progress towards being your best individually and as a team. So that would be my negative example. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is, this is pretty similar to the honesty, but it also goes a little bit deeper in the sense that like, okay, even if you are honest and either, even though if you have respect and admiration for each other, you still actually have to go and address things with people. Like there actually is going to be conflict, you know, and yeah, I always and think of, good. Yeah. And, I, you know, I always think of um, Sean and I went to like this training thing. Sean's my husband. Uh, you know that, Courtney, but no, other people don't. Yes. And um, and and they say that and this is based on um, John Gottman out of University of Washington. I don't know if you know who that is, Courtney, after being um, mm -hmm. at uh, UW. But they say the biggest reason for divorce is it's not fighting. It's conflict avoidance. So they do all this research into marriages and healthy marriages. And, and all that we're talking about right now is relationships, essentially. It's within a team, not a marriage, but it's still the same thing. And they say the biggest reason for divorce, it's not fighting, it's conflict avoidance. And I thought that was so interesting because it's like, oh, yeah, we think about like fighting is and, you know, conflict is so negative and, you know, conflict is just so bad and we try to avoid it. And like, I, you know, we all do it. But right. the fact that like really a team is a family and it's a series, a web of relationships. And you're, you're just, you're not going to come through and be successful without conflict in, in my experience. And I, I think that you're saying the same thing. Yeah. I, I, that's a great example. I totally agree. And it's just, um, especially on a team, it feels like actually even within a marriage, I'm assuming I'm not married yet, but, uh, <laughs> that it's just so easy to create all these stories and it's so easy to, you know, when something's not going well, you just assume what they're thinking and then, oh, and it must be because of this and she thinks this and then every time you see her talking to someone else, you know, and it just builds and builds and um, totally. I think hopefully the players can address it but a lot of that comes from the leadership too and, the, you know, I think the coaching staff, if they're aware, can really help the athletes like, Diffuse that and also save face and also, you know, like mm -hmm. 
help help each of them reach a level of uh, I don't know communication and respect, and it's gonna be better for everybody. It's like the you know the Caesar Milan the dog guy. The what? Have you seen the the dog trainer Caesar Milan? Uh uh-uh. uh Okay, well that's not gonna be a very good story then. <laughs> but I'm kind of I'm kind of interested in this though. Well, he, he's like this master dog trainer, so I've watched all these episodes. I think he's amazing. You're playing overseas, and, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have a lot of downtime. So true. <laughs> no, but when the dog when the dog is out of control, the owners kind of like give in to their behavior, right? Because they think it's okay, it's just it's easier. Right. It's better for the dog. But his whole point is like the when the dog's acting out, it's really unhappy. So you're doing them a disservice by not, you know, by not giving them guidelines and not reprimanding them. Right. Maybe that was the wrong word choice in this situation, but yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, the, if yeah. the player's acting out, like they're not only are they making it miserable for the other ten players, they're probably not that happy either. So. Right. Uh, I don't know. To me, that's a, an important way to look at it. Well, I mean, don't we all want structure and expectations and? I mean, we'll get into that a little bit more later with accountability, but I, I, I totally agree with that. I think yeah. that people do respond well to having kind of standards and, um, yeah, being held to something. And I think, right. I mean, conflict does come from that often, but um, what was I going to say about that? Oh, I know what I was going to say. You know, I, another example that I use with teams sometimes is similar to what you just said in that so let's say, again, you and I get into it at practice and and we go our separate ways. And then, you know, the next morning on campus, let's say I see you across the street and I yell at you and and you kind of turn away. Right. And so I'm like, you know, she just she can't let, take let things stay on the court and blah, blah, blah. And then I, you know, I start again creating this story about Courtney having an attitude with me or what have you. And then what I didn't know was that you had your headphones on. And right. and it's just like it's so easy for us to perpetuate these things. And again, not understanding that, you know, you might have failed a test earlier that day. That's why you had a little bit of an attitude at practice or or I did. <laughs> You know, and it's like, we don't all, and again, we don't always know what's going on in people's lives either. Exactly. And we don't and know what's going on with the coaches' lives either. So. Yeah, that is a good point. Um, yeah, that's so true. And I think that's why it helps so much to get to know each other off the court. And obviously that's not always going to happen, but, um, you know, I can, I can think of examples where I wasn't acting how I would like to act all the time, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, but my teammates that know me, um, you know, give me some grace and understanding. And then the next day, kind of like, dude, you were on one yesterday. Mm-hmm. You all right? You know, and right. And then we can kind of laugh about it or, you know, they can ask if we need to talk. But So th- there's some benefit in that too. But if you can't be there, to, to be able to assume best intent is so big. Well, that, I think that goes into our next pillar of communication. Like, how do you feel like, you know, one of the things, again, I'm, I keep thinking about this, this Gottman marriage research thing, because all this stuff is based on relationships and they've done so much research into this. And basically what they say is understanding someone else's inner world. And I'm wondering how for, in your experience, how that, you know, off court, so to speak, investment of time helps your on court communication. And I know this, you know, this all sounds sort of soft, but it's not soft. I know it's not soft and you know, it's not soft. 
Yeah. So talk to me about it a little bit. I gosh, I believe in this so much. Uh, we we've done some cool work with uh, Dr. Michael Gervais, mm-hmm. who he works with our USA team now, and he also works with the Seahawks and has done a, a lot of things with um, adventure sports. So um, people may have heard of him, but one of the cool things that we've invested in, uh, you know, as the USA team, we meet once a week with him. Um, and with our coaching staff, everybody on the team, and an hour to hour and a half of all of this stuff. And one of the first things we did in the quad um, was to articulate to ourselves and to each other who we are, kind of what we fight for, what we stand for, what we value. Mm-hmm. And I cannot express enough the, the, the power that came from knowing that about my teammates. Mm-hmm. And, and our you know, being willing to fight alongside somebody or go through ups and downs when you know where they're coming from and and, uh, and just learning that. And it's it's such a powerful thing because, uh, I don't know, it, to me it's just those situations in life on or off the court when you, you know someone so well you can just look at them and you kind of know. Right. You know, and you know that they're with you. They know they got your back. You know you got their back. And... Um, in sports, like when it comes down to it, that's it. Like as a team, you gotta feel that at every single level. And I've been fortunate enough to play at every single level. And I wasn't sure when I played, in, you know, in high school. Uh, you know, I was lucky to feel that with my teammates, and I didn't know if that would translate. And it, in college, it was, it did. And I was lucky enough again. You know, we won a national title, went to three Final Fours, and we got our butt kicked in two Final Fours, and then we won it my junior year, and. That stuff goes a long way, I can, I can say. And then, you know, on the national level, um, got to play in the Olympics, and it's it's all the same stuff. <laughs> like, it's just, right. you know, bigger, faster, stronger athletes. Um, but to invest in that, I, I just think, uh, I just feel so strongly about that. I, I think you would agree. Would I mean, of course, you've devoted your <laughs> a lot of your life to teaching people about it. But Yeah, I mean, I just... I think that there's there's sort of like this base that you need to get to on the physical side, right? Like in volleyball, you have to be able to serve. <laughs> like you, right. yeah. you know, yeah. you have to have strong legs. You have to have a strong core. You, you know, you guys have to practice whatever situ- game time situations. And like, that's all so, so important. And yet everybody's pretty much doing the same stuff when it comes to that. I mean, yes, there's some new tactics and you can scout really good and, you know, you Mm -hmm. can do all that stuff, but like, and you've played at the top level in the world. I mean, the the difference between, you know, being the world champion that you were on the USA team and not is like, it's all the, you know, quote unquote soft stuff. Is it not? Yeah. Yeah. So much of it is, like you said, of course it's technical and, um, you know, it's one or two plays here and there, but uh, in my, I guess the best I could explain it is you're going to get tested. And like every championship I've ever won, there's a point before that that you think, wow, this seems really far away or something happened where it's just like, holy crap, you just get knocked in the face. And to be able to to stand in there and, and support each other and be, become stronger for it. Like so many championship teams go through something like that. Right. And if you, if when you get hit, you either fizzle and you, you know, you turn and all the work that you do before regarding this stuff and knowing each other and, and learning about yourself and exploring how to train your mind. And 
like it all comes to play in that moment. Mm. And uh, it's, it's one, going to make the experience more fun, and it's also going to allow you to reach your highest potential, in my mind. And so, um, yeah, I, I can't say enough. I feel so strongly about this. This is why, you know, I'm working with you. It's why I do try mm. to talk to kids as much as possible because I believe in it. I, you know, I, I really do. Yeah. And, I'm, you know, as we're talking about this, I'm, I'm in this communication part of, of team culture and, and really like, I mean, all these things are like the relationship, right? Like communicating off the court so that you really understand each other and trust each other and understand each other's motivations and can give each other the benefit of the doubt and all that kind of thing. I mean, how do you think that that plays into, and this, this overall team culture and communication and getting to know each other, how does that play into the people that maybe don't play? You know, the bench warmer, so to speak. Yeah. I I don't see any difference. I think. I mean, you know, how, does, how does it maybe help them? To, oh. Or when that, when that isn't present, oh, yeah. that, you know what I mean? Because like, I, I think that's such an oh, interesting yeah. dynamic, like the people that play versus the people that don't play. Right. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's so, I'm shaking my head. It's just so important. And yeah. it's, I think it, I keep bring, saying this, but it comes down to what you value as a team and, um, and what you stand for. And, and if you're going to do anything, you, you have to do it together mm-hmm. and you're, you know, and, uh, to be able to validate someone who is not the one scoring all the points and to, you know, to, to help them have a positive experience. And, and to, I, I guess before all that, it's just valuing them as people. Right. Like, far, like the most important thing far and away is that we value every single person in our program the same. Like it has nothing to do with how good you are or what you've accomplished. Like that's not it. In my mind, it shouldn't be. Right. Um, and so, if an athlete is feeling that, I would, you know, if I was on a staff and that was happening, I would cringe. And and actually, I didn't um, sit on the bench too much un- or ever until I was I was with the national team. And I <laughs> I remember calling three of my teammates from college and asking them if I ever made them feel, you know, a certain way. And I apologized. And I was like, I had no concept of what you were going through or what that must have felt like and I wish so badly I could have communicated better or you know those things um, but oh, I didn't learn that till later that's but that's such a Courtney Thompson play right there by the way yeah. <laughs> to do that and I, I actually remember that playing overseas and thinking of my teammate that had come from Lithuania in college oh, yeah, I remember thinking, oh my god that must have been so hard for her and I had right. no idea <laughs> So that's interesting that you did that, but yeah, um, I'm sure you treated yeah, I them. I that way too. I'm sure you treated them so well. well. I hope so. But there's for sure things that could have done better, and I think uh, I love that you brought that up because as a as a staff, to it comes back to awareness, right? Helping your athletes. Um, you know, if we stand for each other, if we fight for each other, then you're fighting for everybody. So helping your star athlete be aware of how their behavior can affect somebody off the court or one little thing they could do to completely change a dynamic. And um, you've been a part of teams when everybody buys in, when everybody feels validated, like that's when it's awesome. Like you're, now you're, now you're rolling. Um, so it's going to, 
increase your enjoyment of the experience and also like I said you you're going to reach your full potential or closer to it for sure you know it reminds me of I think one of the one of the things when I'm talking to teams I often and I don't know that I I hope that I did this in college I'm in, the, I'm in your camp too I hope that I did this <laughs> um well, actually, I know that I did it, at least for one of my teammates. But I remember, like, being a senior. And, like, you kind of have stuff figured out by then. You know, like, you're not waking – you don't have, like, a pit in your stomach going to practice like you do when you're a freshman. You know, <laughs> like, you're not not able to sleep right. the night before conditioning. You know, like right, – right. but, um, but I feel like on a lot of teams, like, the senior or the juniors, whatever, they kind of forget that, like, these freshmen – are like, excuse my language, completely scared shitless. They're away from home for the first time and they don't understand the plays. They don't even know where their class is. You know, they don't understand anything. And they're so sore. Yeah. They just, they're, I mean, they feel feel crazy. I remember I was working with a team like three weeks ago. It was like a big time college softball team. And the freshmen were kind of just starting practice. And I remember one of them coming up to me. I had just done a training with them and she came up to me and, you know, she started talking and I just told her, I go, you're not going crazy. Everybody (laughs) is overwhelmed. And you could literally see her just like take a deep breath. And like, sometimes you just need to hear that you're not losing your mind, you know? And (laughs) and I think that it made me think of it because a lot of, no, I know. And like a lot of, freshmen don't play and like all that kind of stuff. But like, regardless of whether you're a freshman or you're senior or whatever, or you're, you're a professional, you're not playing like that. I guess what we're, we're all talking about here, or you and I are talking about is the ability to empathize and put yourself in someone else's shoes, whether you've been there or not. And I think that on a Absolutely. team is important or like the injured athlete, right? Like, Oh yeah. That's a big one too. Yeah. Helping them stay included. And Absolutely. I remember one of the things Jim McLaughlin at Washington used to tell me all the time was that if I if I told the teammate they were doing something good or called them out, that it would be, you know, ten times more powerful than if the coach said it. Mm. And he always kind of used to, like, put that, you know, I was a captain and put that in my ear and um, just kind of remind me, like, hey, you know. And uh, I'm so appreciative of that and something that's really stuck with me, but it's exactly what you're saying. Yeah. You forget – you forget the influence you can have well, when you're we're a senior. All selfish, kind of right? like. yeah. We're all thinking about yeah. the challenges that, because, you know, as a senior or as someone that's starting or someone that's playing a lot, you have your own challenges. And so. Yeah, yeah for sure. Was, that doesn't get easier. It just changes. But yeah. But yeah. Uh, I think that's such a it's good also, reminder. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Anybody, any athletes that are listening, remember that you have some power, regardless of whether whatever situation that you're in, that peer to peer ability to influence is a really powerful because, oh. you know, everybody is going through their own stuff. That's what it comes down to. And I think that communication part of what you're talking about with a team culture is so important. Sure. Okay. So I want to switch it because we have accountability left and we have defining values, but I think what might, I think we kind of actually combine them, but I want to talk about defining values because I think then from that is like, how do you keep people accountable to those values? (laughs) Right. So let's talk about defining values. Yeah. um, I think, I think it's, 
I'm talking about as a team or individual or both? Um, I think both. Okay. I think I'll start with the individual. I think, you know, knowing who you want to be and then aligning your, you know, behaviors in line with that. Like that's how we become who we want to be. Right. And as a team, it's the same thing. Like you do, like what do, you know, to sit down with the team and say, hey, what do we want out of this year? Like, what are we here for? What is our purpose? And and to define, like, yeah, we want to be, like, when people watch us, what do we want them to say? Mm. Man, they, they look like they're competing so hard every play. Man, they look like they are one cohesive unit. Like, no, it's all team first. Um, they're working their butts off. They're competing. And they look like they're just in the moment. Like, good or bad, they're going to play the next play. So maybe those are your three. Um, Wait, say those again. So competing, um, what did I say? Being a good teammate, that we're one unit, mm-hmm. uh, and just to be present and be in the moment and treat treat every moment the same, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. And honor every moment the same, maybe is a better way to say that. Yeah, uh, I like that. And then, you know, and then so on a Tuesday when – or Thursday, let's say, when everyone's tired and there's it's finals week and you got everything going on, you're halfway through the season and you just lost two games, you know, and it's kind of slow at practice, like the captain or the coach can say, hey, like, what are what are we doing here? Like, what are we trying to – who do we want to be? Okay, we want to be this, this, and this. Are we doing that right now? No, not so much. Okay, how do we get there? Yeah. Well, I can do this. Okay, what can you do? What can you do? You know, and so they're very tangible things. Um, to live into those values. And I think, in my mind, that's how we become who we want to become. And then that's where kind of confidence, one way confidence can come from is, uh, yeah, you know? Yeah. Just what are your thoughts on that? No, I I really like that. Um, I just, yeah, like we talked about earlier, we have have teams do it going into practices, like in this this guy that we have. because I do think it's just, it's so easy to give sort of lip service to the stuff and not go back and, and say, okay, what does that actually look like, you know, in your sport yeah. and in your life? Like, what does it mean to be a great teammate? Everybody wants to talk about being a great teammate, blah, blah, blah. Like, what does that look like in our team? And, and when it's not there, like, what do we do? And, and, and also, like you said, like having those check-ins, like, we talk about doing it at the end of every practice, but, but regardless of when or how you do it, that it's like sort of predetermined that like you're always going back to these, these values because it's so easy to just get caught up in being busy and practicing and like checking that box. Like, Oh, we practiced today. Okay. You know, what time's practice tomorrow? And it's like, well, yeah, but what if you guys practice less and it was more in line with your values, you know? I don't know. I just think that's yeah, like awareness is huge. I totally agree, individually and as a team, um, to be to keep moving in the direction that you want to be. And uh, yeah, it's just yeah. Uh, okay. Something I wanted to say, but I can't remember. Ah, yeah. One thing I like uh, that Gervais talks about a lot is that the like if I if I value courage, which is one thing I, I think most people value. I also it's one of my four big values. Um, is that the discipline comes and every time you're faced with a situation where you're like nervous or anxious or you know something's uncomfortable like that's the time when you take a breath and you think about like okay I could react in 
you know, a million different ways, then a lot of them would be easier than acting with courage. But I'm going to take a deep breath. I'm going to remember what I value, and I'm going to choose that. And whether it's a really small thing in your day or a, a big thing like a conversation, a tough conversation with your coach or whatever, um, you know, every time you choose that, choose courage over something that's easy. You're kind of you're building confidence and you're growing mm. into who you want to be. And that's so that's the discipline. And and like you said, it's one thing to give a lip service and then actually choosing that in the moment or you know, if you get subbed in to serve, you know, and nerves are taking over, to be able to go back to your breath and choose to, you know, serve with courage and, you know, just do what you do and kind of get your mind right there. That's another tangible way. But Well, I think, and this um, goes back to, to another training that I did, and I remember them saying, like, you know, all of us want to make, like, these really big changes all the time. And, like, really what it comes down to is, is it's, it's like you're in a boat and you have like this far off distant island that you're trying to get to. Like you can, you can turn the boat just a little bit and you can get off track or you can turn it just a little bit and, and know what your destination is or what this, you know, this long-term thing is, which is in your case is courage. And you can just constantly make these little adjustments and it's not big things. It's it's the series of a lot, a lot, a lot of little things and little decisions. But I think what you're saying is it gets a lot clearer when you have that destination in mind. It's a lot easier to make those decisions. Absolutely. I like that analogy for sure. Yeah. I mean, I just think that we have, and you know, I mean, a lot of that we can go, we could go further into like how the brain works, but on a subconscious level, like, we always want what's easiest. And even if we're a driven person, like we're always going to want the thing that's familiar and comfortable. And so if we're trying to make these big changes, we have to set our sights on something. And I, and I love that these values are so important to you because I imagine, and I know in my own life, but I imagine for you that, that having this really makes it simpler, I guess is a better word. It makes it simpler to make those decisions that match up with your long-term goals or your long-term vision of who you are now and who you want to become. For sure. And, and having that clear, clear vision. And one of the things I liked that you, you taught me was, uh, that for, for me, being able to define these values gives me something to put my energy into when Mm -hmm. I'm feeling off. So, you know, it's not that I'm like, okay, stop thinking about messing up. Stop thinking about, you know, when you're, it's like a totally, a, a mind shift when it's like, yeah, let's put our energy into these positive things. They're going to help me um, have the experience that I want and be who I am in that moment. And so I, I like framing it that way. Yeah. I don't know if I taught you that, but it sounds really good. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, one of the... Oh, yeah. I think I got that from you. Good. I mean, it's, it sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So let's talk about um, when, what happens when, you know, all the, the four pillars we just talked about, honesty and conflict, communication and values, when those things aren't being reached or, or um you know, they're not being lived up to and, and how accountability on a team plays into that. Yeah. Um, that's a, 
uh, I think what we said before about being able, you know, at the end of practice to ask those questions like, mm -hmm. who do we want to be? Yeah. You know, we want to compete at this level every day. Did we do that today? Mm. No. What could we do to help us get there tomorrow or in the next drill? You know, little things like that. And yeah. you do that and you preach that and we constantly, constantly do that with the USA team. Right. Um, I laugh because we laugh at it sometimes, but we do it all the time. Right. With our position coach, with our team and um, it's just a helpful, it just helps you to be self-aware. Mm -hmm. And then I think having a clear vision and knowing where your teammates are coming from. So when you've done kind of that work outside of the gym, when you have a problem, you know, in the gym, on the court, um, there's a reference to go back to like, hey, man, as a teammate, like, hey, you know, we talked about doing this and I see you doing this. Can you, like, what am I missing here? Are you are you good? Are you are you in this thing, or is there like, you know, something holding you back, or are you getting distracted? And that conversation, I've had that conversation uh, at every level with a teammate, um, and I've actually had that in a, a unique situation. Um, somebody approached me with that as well, and it's not easy, and it's not pretty, it's not comfortable, but. Um, it's important um, to be able to do, and uh, it doesn't always, in my experience, I wouldn't say I always did it the right way, but when you do it for the right reasons, I think that will figure itself out at some point if you keep communicating. You know, did that make sense? Yeah, no, I think I think this, yeah. this goes back to a lot of, like, not that accountability is always conflict, but, I mean, like I said earlier, I mean, so much of this is, like, basically relationships and, yeah. and, you know, and, and communicating and holding each other accountable and having standards. But I think, like you said, if you do the work ahead of time, it makes this stuff easier. But I also like what you're saying about it coming up pretty often, because I think one of the problems with, you know, quote unquote, these softer skills is they're, you know, they're great when you have that um, meeting at the beginning of the season or that meeting halfway through the season when everybody's sick of each other or what have you. <laughs> it's, it's a lot better if you can kind of go, go back to that metaphor, kind of write the ship every single day and just make just a little check-in, make sure that it's on track. And then you don't have to do these big dramatic things. You're just making yeah. these, these constant little tweaks. I agree. I like, you said that it shouldn't be this, yeah, you're not having like kumbaya meetings every day, but um, it also becomes Go part ahead. of your language. Like how are you talking about your goals? How are you talking about the vision that the group has? And when that becomes daily, like that's kind of the check-in. Like, yeah, we're good. Like everyone, you know, mm -hmm. and um, I, I, yeah, I think it's much smoother when that's that's the case. And then every once in a while, it's normal for a team to go through something. Right. I guess that's, yeah, what I, I think everyone knows, but I think it's good to hear, like, every championship team goes through shit, excuse my French, Yeah. you know, and it's it's just how you work on that, how you, how you come out of it, and, and all that stuff. Well, I love how you said earlier, like, every team that's, like, won a championship had a moment, like, probably right before that, when everybody was ready to, like, you know, throw in the towel. <laughs> Yeah. And you're just really tested. And that's why we do what we do. Like, that's the fun part. Right. Yeah. Oh, so from an individual perspective, we're, we're almost done here, but I like how you're talking about accountability and like 
almost like habits, like, cause you're bringing it up often. And I'm just wondering from you as a person, are there any sort of positive habits that you have around accountability for yourself? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, even little things, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, you know, with the U S team, it's pretty easy to, to be held accountable with our coaching staff and we have an awesome staff who I'm close to and I've worked with for a long time. So we have check-ins. I think that's one way. Mm -hmm. um, and then I actually have a few people, teammates and family members of select few right. <laughs> that I kind of check in every once in a while and just make sure I'm not missing anything or, you know, tell them where I'm at. And, uh, in, in that way, if, if you're talking about not just myself, right, holding myself accountable, that's that's one thing I, I try to do because and people I trust that are gonna be honest with me, right? Not like yeah, you're doing great, you work hard, like of course I work hard, right? But it's more than that. So anyway, I don't know if that answered your question. No, I like that. You know, I one of the things that I've heard before is you can't coach yourself, you know. So regardless of where any of us are in our lives or, you know, we have certainly have coaches listening in on this. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm a coach and someone told me that and I was like, that is very true. <laughs> yeah. Very true. <laughs> yeah. Certainly to a point. I think it's, uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I have, I have my vision board up in my office and that's a little, it's a little thing, but I look at it. You know, I really do. I look at it and I see, um, I, I, I see where I'm headed and what still needs to be accomplished. And, and I also put up like post-it notes with certain affirmations and, and that those, all those little things I feel like really help me just because it, again, it doesn't have to be necessarily big, big, big things. Um, but right. seeing those things every day, sometimes you're not even aware that you're seeing them, you know? Yeah, I like that. I I also I have stuff on my mirror. Yeah. Like the like they do in the movies about athletes. <laughs> totally. And and uh, I have kind of my I don't know if you call it a mission statement or whatever and and my uh, goals that are I see all the time. Yeah. So I make sure of that and also I actually go back to what I value my four core values, um, a lot. Yeah. And even if I'm feeling a little just off or um, something's going on or even if I'm feeling great, like before a game, just to check in, like, this is what I'm about. This is who I am. This is who I want to be. And, and I'm going to put my energy into these things tonight. Mm. Um, so that's such freedom. I, yeah. And it's, it's, it really is. It's like, this is, this is it for me. This is who I, yeah. So it's, and it makes it more fun and a richer experience. Well, I love that for a team because like you said, like, you, you kind of slipped that in, in the beginning. I don't remember what we were talking about. We were talking about you know, something and you said winning, but you can't really control that. And I think, you know, so often we like putting all our energy into controlling winning and losing and like, yeah, we, of course we want to win. We all want to win. That's why we're working hard. And, you know, but ultimately what we really want is to, you know, leave the field or the pool or the court and have felt these things as a team or individually. And I think that there is such freedom in that. And I think from a team culture standpoint, there's really nothing better. I I couldn't agree more. Something I <laughs> tell teams a lot um, is that when I when I was younger and people used to tell me it's not about winning, 
Hmm. It's not about winning. It's about the journey and blah, blah, blah. I remember being in high school and seeing these people and, like, thinking, you've probably never won anything in your life. Like, <laughs> of course it's about winning. What are you talking about? Yeah. And I just hated when people said that. And uh, so, so I'm always – I try to be careful with how I articulate this to, to athletes. But in my experience, even at the Olympic level, and, okay, I haven't won a gold medal which I hope to do, um, <laughs> but I, you know, I won a world championship and I won a national championship, a state championship, and I only say that because, and I've also lost all those things as well, <laughs> and I only say that because at some point the winning will wear off and the lose, the sting of losing wears off and the high of winning wears off. You're not going to wake up every day for the rest of your life saying, I am a national champion, yeah, right. and getting that same charge from it, like, it's cool, but the stuff you remember, like, even if you research, uh, you know, athletes after post-Olympic athletes that have depression, right? And why? Um, like, it there's research behind, like, yeah, okay, that moment, whatever. And people, people that so, won. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, silver medalists are typically more happy than, which is so crazy. But anyway, I say that because I think it's such a cool opportunity for coaches to help guide a team to understand, like, what. Do, what do you want from this experience? Like, really, like, think about it. Don't just tell me right now. Like, go home for a while and how it evolves in a season and then creating, like, that experience. And hopefully you win. Like, of course, that's going to be an awesome moment. Uh, but either way, you're going to have this really sweet thing to look back on. And um, I think, you know, flashing those values or reminding your team of that every day is a pretty cool way to do it. Mm-hmm. So I love that. Tell me as we're finishing up here, we got some coaches listening. We got some athletes, we got some parents, we got some, I don't know, other people. One thing that from a team perspective that you would recommend like a a very, very actionable item, like they could do tomorrow after practice or next week. What is one thing that above all else that you would recommend a team doing? Oof. Um, define your values, but I feel like I've said that 80 million times. So I would say that, but I'm going to say another one. Okay. Define your values. And then we did this really cool exercise, uh, with the U S team, um, that we went around and one-on-one with every single teammate. So we have, we have like 30 people in the gym a lot of the time. And we took the time to do this one day. So. So like speed dating kind of thing, right? Yeah. Kind of speed dating. Exactly. And you go around and you say, how can I help you on the court when you're struggling? Oh, I like that. And and maybe you even we we did it. So I think we uh, we tried to guess how we would help them, or this is what I would do, and then they would tell us what they needed. Hmm. And a lot of the time they didn't know. Like I actually have no idea of what I need. And that that alone created kind of this self awareness and a really cool conversation because yeah. it it took the your intent then was like how can I help my teammates the most, which is an awesome place to be. Right. So that was a really cool exercise. Um, I like that. Yeah, define my values, and then that that could be pretty powerful. And one other thing I wanted to say earlier was that, you know, you talked about it's hard to take away from practice time. And, of course, the technical stuff is of utmost importance. You know, even if I communicate well, I'm never going to be like a world-class swimmer because I communicate well. <laughs> but So, of course, that's a given. Right. But... Um, the 
we, you know, we have these meetings once a week, if not twice a week, and our practices are so much more intense and they're so much more valuable after these meetings. Mm-hmm. And it's, I don't even know if I can define it, but it's a connection, a trust, a belief, mm-hmm. and a vision to that it's not about you and you kind of get out of yourself and you're helping your teammates and it just, it's a really cool thing. And um, I don't know, that's a very tangible thing that we've seen that we're like, dang. We practice so much better on Mondays and Thursdays. Like, how can we, how can we do this all the time? And we've gotten better at that, but um, I think it's worth taking the time. That's awesome. Well, Courtney, this has been super insightful for me, and I know that our listeners are probably frantically scribbling notes after all of that. That was just amazing. Um, I just so appreciate your time and your insight, and you're you're always so willing to to let me pick your brain. And I know your ultimate goal is for, for athletes and coaches and everybody to just get the very, very most that they can out of sports. Cause you and I both love sports so much. Yeah, you sure do. Isn't it great? <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, such yeah. a great opportunity to develop uh, people. Um, yes. Yeah. Yes. So I just want to thank you. Yeah. yeah. And um, I just want to thank you for your time and, and good luck this week in your, in your games in Brazil. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. I, Absolutely. Um, yeah, we could talk about this for days. I know. Clearly. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks, Court. All right. Talk to you Bye. soon. Bye. So there you have it. The five principles to improving your team's culture. A big, big thank you to Courtney Thompson for sharing her insight and her experience playing with all these great teams at the highest levels in the world. And thank you for joining us for our Positive Performance Training Podcast. This has been the inner game, Team Culture with Courtney Thompson. And what a great overview that was. If you want more information, and as I promised, that PDF download that you can use with your team, go to www dot positive performance training dot com forward slash team culture that's www dot positive performance training dot com forward slash team culture to download your free PDF. Thank you so much for joining us. Please join us for our future podcasts and in if this podcast spoke to you and resonated with you, we would be so appreciative if you would share it with your friends and subscribe. Thank you and have a fantastic day.